Listeners be advised. The Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask is not Be sure to adjust your own mask before helping others. Here we are, season two of the damn podcast, and I I really do need to be more succinct when it comes to starting these things off. But anyways, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian's Adams. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with a college friend named Ryan, uh, and we're talking about labels. But before we get into that, of course, since it's his first time on the show, we're going to do some introductions so everybody gets to know him, all of the great things that he does, because this man is a wonderful poet. Uh, it's not something that he wanted to advertise, but I'm going to say it anyways, because he is. But anyways, Ryan, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm fantastic. So since it's your first time on the podcast, who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Um, I'm Ryan Jones, otherwise known as Ryan J. Uh, that's like my stage name. Um, I am a Mercer University grad, graduated in 2016 with my bachelor's in environmental engineering and my master's in engineering management. Um, and yeah, I work as an environmental engineer. I, I do poetry too. Um, uh, in college, I started the inaugural Poetry Slam team over at Mercer University, um, where we went on and competed at the College Union's Poetry Slam Invitational and placed 20th in the nation in, uh, I believe that was 2013, 2014, um, one of those two years. And then I went on and um, after college, while I was still doing engineering stuff, I um, went and uh, competed on some other slam teams, on some adult slam teams, and um, eventually worked my way into uh, placing 13th in the technically the world uh for uh, individual spoken word um and then quit my job for a year and uh did some touring so i've toured the the u.s and parts of canada doing poetry and stuff and um now i work for a federal agency doing you know environmental engineering stuff i still do poetry on the side occasionally um you know when i have the time and the space and um and then yeah i uh am also in law school uh doing my thing i'm currently pursuing a jd and uh a master of public administration um and i a the two now um, my youngest son was just born back in uh early november so yeah uh lived a, a what feels like a long life in such a short time span so you know 
Y'all, did y'all hear that? This man got accolades. This man is fancy as fuck. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so for the slow motherfuckers out there like myself, what the hell is an environmental engineer? <laughs> so um, I, I would say we're kind of like a subset of civil engineers. Um, some people go and get an environmental, uh, an environmental engineering degree, and some people get a civil engineering degree and then go specialize in environmental engineering when they get their master's. But generally speaking, um, we work in industries like uh, solid waste, um, so designing landfills, uh, managing waste streams, or we work in water quality or um, or water distribution. So some people go work at water trees, uh, you know, wastewater treatment plants, water treatment plants, um, and, and do stuff that way. Some people work in remediation, uh, where they go and they uh, clean up um, historically polluted uh, uh, areas and et cetera, or they go work with FEMA and they do debris cleanup, um, stuff like that. Um, and then some people like me, they work in regulation where, um, you know, we basically try to keep uh, polluters and um, other industry, you know, giants in, in, in compliance with, you know, uh, our environmental rules and regulation, um, both at a, you know, state and federal level. So I used to work for the state of Georgia at one point in time, and then I moved out to federal. Um, so currently work at a federal agency um, that I'm not representing them in any capacity, so I can't say their name, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a it ranges, you know. There's a uh, and environmental engineers do a lot of different stuff, but generally speaking, it all pertains to yeah the environment and making sure that we have uh, an abundance of um, natural resources available for our use for the rest of forever. Even though that's looking kind of bleak right now, but anyway, mm. this isn't a climate change podcast. So, <laughs> well, look, this this is a podcast about anything at this point, uh, and like we were saying, all of this, uh, all of that, I was just thinking, hmm. What do I do for a living? I just talk about sex most of the time. Hmm. <laughs> but I love that. Like, um, th this is why it's important to ask, like, what certain fields do, because I would have never known. Like, I uh, imagined or figured that it'd be something dealing with the environment, making sure people yeah. are, you know, um, like, you know, we have the technology to ensure that we do live sustainable lives, that we are respecting um, our, you know, global economy, our global um, neighbors, the uh, animals, yeah. the water and all of that. Like, I had a feeling that was part of it, but not in that depth, most definitely the policy side of things. So in a way, yeah. you're somewhat of a advocate for climate change or... Um, or the environment at large yeah definitely yeah. so that's that's amazing i love that for you so um is the part the fact that you work within the policy side of things is that is that the reason why you decide to go um, back to school for uh, for law yeah so um kind of yeah so what i found really early on well yeah really early on i, I used to work for a consulting firm uh, or a couple consulting firms uh, realized that, you know, you don't have a lot of time. And then, you know, consulting firms tend to be out here for, for the money more so than anything else. They're like, okay, you know what, if I can secure a contract, be it from the government or for, from some like other large entity, I'll go ahead and take that and make my money, make my profits and, and do what I need to do. And so that can include like working for some 
you know, pretty unsavory corporations um, that I'll, I'll avoid naming. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what? I'll go work in government. And so I started working in government and then realized when you work in government that unless you have some sort of managerial or like policy experience that you're not going to get very far or affect very much in a, like a technical role. Um, and so originally I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, I want to be a, a change maker. Um, so I'm going to go get a, a master's in public administration and then um, realized that because I, I was trying to avoid getting a JD. I didn't, I didn't want to go to law school. I was like, I do not want to go to law school. This is, I want to avoid doing that. Um, and then when I was doing the the MPA, uh, you know, I was a year in and I read online for my program, particularly that uh, they had a joint degree that you could do with the law school where you could do, you know, uh, one year of the MPA and uh, three or four years of the JD and get both degrees. And um, my first two degrees, my master's and my uh, bachelor's in engineering were also a joint program. And I was like, well, I've done a joint program before. Like, you know, let me go ahead and, and do it again and, and go ahead and just get this JD. I don't know what I'm so afraid of. And then, um, yeah, so I went ahead and got involved. So, so that way I could, you know, get more involved with policy. Um, and then I realized what I was so afraid of was loans. So <laughs> oh <child. Ooh>, god <laughs> so, so you know that has got me considering you know like what am i going to do when i graduate uh so I'm, I'm figuring that out right now whether or not i'm going to do some stuff on the side and still like you know uh work in the field that i'm working in and, and you know try to make money while also you know making change but but we'll see you know i've got i've got another three semesters to think about it so <laughs> i understand oh the loans thing just it, it hit the horde because i would not i would not even be in the program that i am right now if they did not say that they were going to cover my tuition because um, oh, yeah. thank yeah. god for that scholarship because like I was like, I've already done all of this schooling. I have loans out the ass. And <laughs> at the same time, I, I will say this to the day I die. I don't know who the fuck is paying, paying back the government. It's not going to be me. Like, I just... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unless right. the government just decide to be like, hey, you know what, Vernon? Here's a million dollars. And I say a million so I could have, I could have money for myself. Because I'm not just... <laughs> if they give me uh, half a million... I don't right. know if I'm gonna pay off those loans at that point because look, <laughs> it's fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how much. No, right? They good. They so, good on that. So well, give me a million dollars, um, government. I'll make sure I take care of those loans. That's the only way I'm paying. Them. <laughs> Other than that, cancel those shits because I'm not. <laughs> Listen, I kind of, I kind of screwed myself over a little bit working for the government. You know, they're like, if you don't pay them back, you know, we're gonna come for it. You know what I'm saying? You work for us. We know where you live. We know, you know how you get paid. You know what I'm saying? So on paper, I'm going to pay them back. Yes. Mm, I, I get you. I get you. Look, I, I work um, for the state technically. So it's like, y'all yeah. do whatever the hell y'all think y'all going to do. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see about it. <laughs> Look, they're going right. to be um, coming after a hope and a prayer. Look, <laughs> right, right. A that's, that's it. Right. That's yeah. it. That, that is fair. Mm -hmm. But anyways, we're supposed Too to be fun. talking about labels. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so part fair. 
part of what uh we were talking about with uh, in the intake meeting uh was just the concept of coming out and defining yourself so um what was your story like in terms of uh coming out and um do you feel as though like coming out is something that is necessary for people to do and what does it yeah. mean in terms of defining yourself as it relates to labels too yeah um so I'll start with the, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessary for, for everybody to come out. Um, I think your sexuality just in general is a relation, like it's, it's a personal thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a personal item that, uh, you know, I don't think you necessarily need to share that with anybody unless you feel it absolutely necessary to share that with people. I know there are a lot of folks um, who like have family members or, you know, societies or environments that they're in that will subject them to harm based on who they are. And in those particular scenarios, it may be safer to, you know, withhold that information or hold on to it. Like, I like very much want people to be able to, you know, share that information and live freely and to, and to do what they want with themselves and, you know, not have to be subjugated or uh, to, or, or like, you know, or be treated differently um, just based on who they are. But, you know, just just recognizing the reality of like, we don't live in an egalitarian society yet. And because of that fact, you know, sometimes it's better for people to hold on to that information. And then sometimes people just don't want to share that. And that's also okay too. So, you know, I don't think people necessarily need to come out. Um, I know my own personal story, like, so I, I, had a had a weird time coming into so I'm I'm bisexual. I had a weird time coming into my bias my, my bisexuality. I like, you know, denied it for a second. Definitely spent a lot of time after I realized that maybe I liked boys too, or you know, non-binary people or trans people or 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 whomever. You know, um, I was like, well, you know. I'm somewhere. I used to tell people I'm somewhere on the the sexuality spectrum. I was like, uh, you know, I would consider myself straight, but I'm somewhere on the spectrum. Knowing that for me, that meant that I liked people outside of you know what what you know the traditional like heteronormativity, whatever, mm-hmm. like heteronormative type situations. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. you know the traditional like heteronormativity whatever mm-hmm. like heteronormative type situations so i was like okay well you know yeah i just told people i was like i'm somewhere on the spectrum whatever like you know but i but i would still consider myself straight um and then i realized like later on like way later that i was holding on to 
some hurt about not being able to truly exist as I saw myself um, and as I wanted to exist. Um, and so um, I think it was not this past year, so not 2020, but 2021. Um, yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of being in a situation where I'm holding on to this information and where, you know, I'll watch a piece of media that features queer people and I'll go ask my friends who know I'm queer and be like, hey, do you still remember this? Like I was doing that, right? In order to get that validation because I was like, I need that validation to, to affirm my queerness and that, you know, I know other people see me as straight, but I'm still like who I am regardless. And so for me, I was like, well, I need people to know. Uh, so I made that decision for myself in, in June of 2021, Pride Month. I was like, okay, you know what? I'll come out. And I had a friend that came out that same day and I was, and I didn't know he was queer. And I was like, Oh dude, if he can come out as bisexual, I can come out as bisexual. <laughs> like, okay. And it's going to be okay. Like whoever loves me, loves me. And whoever doesn't, it's not going to change their mind. Like, you know, whatever. And for the people that, you know, it makes uh, my relationship with them like a little complicated, then maybe we weren't meant to be friends or, you know, or, or anything at that point, um, because I don't want to be friends with people who, who are, you know, trash about or who are homophobic, transphobic, any of that stuff anyway. So, you know, if they're that about me, then uh, definitely I'm good. So um going to come out and um, and honestly speaking, I think it did drive a few people away, but yeah. I haven't noticed, you know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, maybe I lost a follower on two on Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter or something like that. But, you know, those were people that I weren't checking for anyway, um, ultimately. And so for me, being able to claim my bisexuality and actually being able to like live in that and being able to label myself that has really allowed myself to live more fully um, and really allowed myself to like, you know, just kind of kind of be who I am. But I, yeah. but like I said, I don't think that's necessarily everybody's truth. Um, and I don't, I don't think everybody's going to feel that same way. And then it's also not going to be safe for everybody. So that's, I, I got to reckon with that too. But if you want to, or you, or you have the ability to, I think maybe you should, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, it's a weird concept. No, I get you. Um, like um, for myself, I, I, I don't like the concept of having to come out because yeah. I, I'm a firm believer of like, if, unless you want to be in my bedroom you shouldn't be worried about what the fuck is going on in it yeah. and yeah. uh if me having a certain sexual expression uh makes you no longer want to be my friend no longer want to claim me as a family member or be a supporter of me then i don't i i've come to a space um mentally and i've been there for some time now um uh, professionally I was not there. Yep. I will say that. But personally, I've been there for some time now where I just don't give a fuck. I don't yeah. care exactly yeah. how other people see me or how they view me in terms of what they want in their realities. Because I can only be myself. I can only live the life that I was I'm choosing to live, the one that I guess I was predestined to live or whatever the yeah. case is. And I would rather fulfill that my mission, my purpose on this planet or my uh, wishes in this lifetime and be happy with it. I don't yeah. want to be in a space where I have to constantly hide a part of myself uh, and be insecure because other people will be uncomfortable. Like one of the things that I loved through like from 2020 to this is going to go going to race issues so anybody i'm sorry if this offends you but <laughs> this definitely towards like some white people but well white people so <laughs> the, i 
I, I call it a kink now. It's really not a kink, but the thing that really like <laughs> excites me these days is being happy as fuck in front of white people and them being mm, okay. uh, uncomfortable about it. And yeah. like, I love it. I love it so yeah. much. Like, yeah. uh, even whenever I decide to express myself in a non traditionally masculine role and I walk outside and I see the other people look at me with disgust or whatever the case is like when I had my purple and white hair it was looking fine as fuck but um, yeah. um even during that time there were even some black people who look at me all kinds of way and I'm just like bitch why are you upset <laughs> are you mad because you are not pulling this off are you mad right. because you don't have the hurt like I have this hurt right like what's right. going on why are you right. feeling some type of way like yeah. just being you and being proud of that just I feel like that's the space that a lot of people should aim to be in and like yeah. you said not everyone's in a safe space to come out and for those individuals I will always say get your exit plan together yeah find the yeah. support in the community that you know will support you find the friends that you know will support you regardless and find yeah. your exit plan because right. these individuals who may do harm upon you the, these people who may that could be emotional physical um mental i don't know why we separate emotional and mental even though this is still the brain but right. <clears throat> spiritual whatever type of harm they may um deliver upon you Get yourself out of that situation as soon as you can so you can live a lot more free and happy life. And right. if you decide to come out, then do so. If you decide to just live your life regardless of what other people think, do that. If they come across you two years ago, uh, two years after you separate from them and they see that you with a partner that does not fit the, um, what they see of your life, yeah, wave yeah, at them and keep it going. Please. Keep it pushing. Yeah. And it's so it's interesting to hear you say, I mean, I agree with everything you just said. It's just I'll, I'll start off saying that. But it's interesting to hear you say, too, uh, about your distinction for of, of like not giving a fuck about your person, like, you know, about how people perceive your personal life versus uh, maybe how they perceive your professional life is just tagging on to something you said at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, just because so for me personally, uh my, my personal life became my public life, became my professional life when I started doing the poetry thing kind of full time where, you know, people were, again, adding me on Facebook, following me on Instagram, following me on Twitter. And so much of what I was doing on an everyday basis became a spectacle, right? People were and, and and I'm not saying like I'm I'm not trying to be self-centered about it, but it's like legitimately who who Ryan Jones was or who Ryan J was was like the brand moving forward. So a lot of like my hesitation with coming out initially or a lot of my concern about who or you know or who who might think what of me um came along with like you know again being that spectacle so th again there was a lot of hesitation about coming out because i was like i don't know how my audience will see this or how my how this will affect my bag i was like if i come out and people are like we don't want a bisexual man and da 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 then i'm like okay where are my bags affected but at the same time i had to come to a point that you're kind of describing where i was like you know what I don't want to be in situations, scenarios, or spaces where I'm limiting myself or or the audience is limited either. Um, and if they can't accept who I am, 
regardless of, of you know, any of the, the rest of the stuff, if they can't accept who I am, um, then I don't need to be in that space. Um, their money is in good money. Uh, and I'll, 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 I, I came to, a, you know, the eventual conclusion, you know, I can't shuck and jive for dollars that aren't that, that I don't want to spend or that, that, you know, I don't want anybody to buy me or buy my silence or, or, or buy my conservativeness. Like I'm, and I'm, I'm not that, and I won't be that. And I can't be that. And so, so I, so I feel you in that and that like, you know, it's important to be able to, you know, get to a space where you're like, you know what, regardless of what other people think about me or regardless of, of how they perceive me to be or how they perceive my life or, 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 you know, the, the choices that I make, I have to be comfortable in the fact that this makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it took, I, 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 there are some days where I still struggle with that. Um, definitely with my family members more so than anybody else, but, uh, you know, there are still some days where I struggle with that, but it's, but it's such an important milestone to reach. And I, I think I reached that on a personal level and it's just, you know, kind of bringing that into everything else. Um, you know, and, and at some point, I guess the person, like I said, the personal kind of bleeded, uh, bled over into the, the, the public. So uh, I'm, I guess I'm comfortable in, in, in a, in a variety of ways. So, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that if, if you can live that way, you should. And if you can't live that way now, you should figure out a way how to. Um, and if that means leaving the spaces that aren't safe for you as soon as you're able to, and as soon as it's safe for you to leave that, those spaces, then that's something you should do and, and, and work to figure out. Exactly. You know? And I, I- I love that you mentioned brand and the thing that really bothers me most definitely when your personhood becomes a brand is that people really do forget that you're a human being like you have to uh, maneuver you know make these business decisions about your entire person personhood so that means sometimes you do have to limit yourself like this is why I do not ever want to be a celebrity because I Mm -hmm. I don't if I cannot be myself on a regular basis I don't want to be it (laughs) Right, right, right. Like you have to um, kowtow, make sure that you don't step on certain toes in order for you to further your brand, which which is yourself. And right. like part of the reasons why I even have these different personas that I name off at the beginning of each episode is because one, Vernon uh, maneuvers a lot more differently than I will have to uh, maneuver as. Slater Jackson as, you know, the head of Slater's Playhouse versus uh, Sebastian's Adams in terms of sex coaching and any kind of content that I might produce for that. So it's like I do have to um, dissect myself in different ways, but at the same time. I have to remember within these spaces, within these personas, I still have to remember to acknowledge and appreciate me for my wholeness. And if a certain business or company or anything like that supporter does not appreciate that or um, want that authenticity, then it's just something I cannot provide. Like in terms of like a business brand, a fixture, a a solid theme that's not me oh yeah that can be whatever the brand needs to be for that but when it's when it's stuck on my persona or even you know like other others personas it's like why do we have that expectation that this person is going to fit in this said box why do not why do we not give them the freedom to expand themselves talk on different issues uh allow themselves to be outside of that label of athlete uh, coach 
um, teacher, professor, um, politician, whatever it is, poet, um, engineer, environmental engineer, <laughs> to be exact. But why, why do we have to put them in that one box rather than recognizing that this person it has a lot of nuance to them and that right. nuance can be respected and understood if we so choose to. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. But on a, a different note, um, something else that we did talk about was how others place labels upon us. So yeah. um, what what are some of the labels that um, you've noticed that people place upon you that doesn't really uh, suit you or or just in general, like what was your experience like um, with others yeah. placing labels on you? Yeah. So uh, particularly when it when it comes to well, man. <laughs> so it's 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 interesting talking about this in in the context of sexuality because that means one thing versus talking mm. about it in the context of like like race, for example. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm black. If if y'all can't tell, um, uh, you know I, I understand. <laughs> He's Negro. Yes, I am. I am. I am of Negro descent. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that was yeah, I, I, growing up a lot. It was interesting. I guess this all kind of plays into it all kind of associates itself with one another at, at some point. But like growing up, I would get called, you know, Oreo, you know, uh, not black, et cetera, like those type of labels by white people, which was interesting. Mm. Not by black people. It's, it's funny. Uh, I always hear like black folks being like, the black folks didn't accept me. But it's like, for my experience was totally different. Black people were like, you're just weird, but it's okay because we're weird too. Versus like white people growing up were very much like, yo, you are like not black and you're not as black as i am or you're you're an oreo or da 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 robert's blacker than you i've got that a couple of times you know what i'm saying like it was just it was a weird a weird labeling growing up that that was never weird to me because you can't define blackness in one way and and the characteristics that people use to de define blackness are generally like you know stereotypical and there's nothing wrong with i think you know some of those characteristics or even all of them i don't think there's anything wrong with them and when you take them individually um but it was just weird to hear that from somebody who doesn't have a concept of blackness because they don't experience that on a daily basis mm. um and then transitioning that into college where you know uh, i'll just go ahead and age all the way up to college where it was like okay word like i found my place like among these if, if you don't know anything about mercer university mercer at least when we went to mercer was segregated very very segregated <laughs> very very segregated where it was you know there were a couple people uh who were able to i guess you know uh play both sides almost or or exist in both spaces mm -hmm. um but the majority of black folks were with black folks the majority of you know uh a, i think i would say like the latinx hispanic community i think they hung out with black folks more than they didn't um i think the asians kind of stuck together white people definitely were doing what they were doing um mm -hmm. so but it was yeah it was a segregated mess but here so i was like you know i found my place among black people whatever but I got a lot of like, you know, uh, in college, I got a lot of like, oh, I thought you were only into white girls, um, which was interesting that, to me, too, because that was like up to that point, I had only dated black women and only been involved with black women. And so I was like, I don't understand, too, you know, 
how that's something that you're gathering from how I present myself. And then also, how does that relate to how white people saw me as not being the, you know, black enough or eventually that transitioning into me being one of like the, the less threatening black guys, right? Like, how does that, how does that all kind of like fit in together or play together? Is that, is that something that like, or do those two ideas connect somehow? Is there something that like threads those two ideas together? I thought that was interesting. Um, eventually like people stopped saying that once they realized I did poetry and all my poetry was about like, at the time was about police brutality. Yeah. <laughs> about black issues. They were like, oh, okay, never mind. You're a nigga. And I was like, okay. Now I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was whatever then too. I, I didn't get offended necessarily. I was just like, I'm just wondering what y'all see that I don't see. Cause I, I don't even know how to talk to white women. Um, and then, you know, moving on from from that point and coming out of college and um and then ending ending up like in a situation where one i come out as bi so there's already those like stigmas and labels attached to that and i, I promise i'm making a point here oh, no, um good. Yeah, yeah there's there's all those stigmas attached to that where you know the black community is real weird where uh you know black people as a whole, having gotten to the point to where we're able to, like, again, as a whole, as a community, recognize that sexuality is a spectrum and not even necessarily a spectrum in the way that we think where it's like linear as much as it's like a like a, a 3D plane, right, where there's a, an X, Y and a Z axis and people exist anywhere in that and that that plane or whatever um, or, the, or, you know, that space, that sphere more so than anything else. Um, and then, you know, so. I got a lot of like, oh, you're, or I heard a lot of, oh, if he's bi, that automatically means he's gay. There was that, mm. um, a lot of that. And then when I eventually did get married, I married somebody who's mixed white and um, white and Native American. And when I married her again, uh, you know, it was weird up into that point. Like I said, I, you know, I had never really been in like serious relationships with white women. And then I met my wife and she's like half white. And so he, and again, I'm going to relate this back. Um, I, once I married her, I also started hearing a lot of, Oh, you know, uh, one, you can't be pro black unless you marry black mm. or unless you're involved with black, you know, uh, a, a black person or in a black relationship. And then two, um, only, bisexual like or most bisexual uh, most men that are involved with white women that are black are bisexual in some shape form or fashion i've heard a lot of that um which was weird to me again because i'm like one so so from jump street right you know sorry you can hear my son kind of doing his thing but it's like so one from Jump Street, okay, I got, you're not black enough. Two, I think you date black, uh, I think you only date white women. And then now three, now that it's confirmed that you date white women or married to white women, um, you're likely to be bisexual. And it's like, okay, again, were y'all calling me like bisexual or a gay from Jump Street? Like, if that's what you think that, you know, that, that tra train of logic is, um, you know, and then to like where is this coming from you know where's all this like you know i i get what i get black love i get wanting to marry black i get wanting to maintain a black community listen i i was about to say something i'm, I'm not even gonna say that <laughs> I'll, I'll say it and you can decide if you want to cut it out or not i'm not going to go ahead and say what you need to say <laughs> oh dang okay <laughs> 
<laughs> I, 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 dang. Okay, I'm gonna say this in a in as 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 nice as I can say it. I told my wife straight up, like even after marrying her, I was like, listen, I've got a quota on the number of white people I want in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I I I want my space. And this uh, that's not a real quota for anybody that's listening that wants to take that and and you know and run with uh, it. and run with it. Right. It, I'm just saying, um, I want most of my spaces to be primarily people of color and and even more so like more specifically i want them to be primarily black i want my sons to grow up in in black environments or to be surrounded by black people so that way they're in touch with their blackness i i want to exist that way so and and i want to support the black community i want all my dollars to go into the black community Uh, i very much want my existence to be that um i fell in love with who i fell in love with but that doesn't change any of the rest of my views so i don't get how that labeling of like being in an interracial relationship may you know changes into you're not pro-black and then my sexuality be damned like yeah of course i'm uh, yeah i'm bisexual i'm not going to deny that but like half of the half of the people i know half the niggas that are involved with white women aren't you know uh, a lot there are a lot of black men who are involved with white women uh uh, uh hispanic women um Indian, you know, you know, South Southeast Asian women, you know, across the gambit in interracial relationships that aren't bisexual or, or that aren't, you know, that that aren't DL or whatever or any of that. And even if they are, why is it your why is it your deal? Why is it your problem? It's just it's just such a, an interesting conversation, I think, um, you know, that 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 kind of plagues me if I think too hard about it. But I try not to think too hard about it because I'm like, again, I'm, I'm doing my own thing at the end of the day. And regardless of whether or not you feel like I'm supporting you, I am, but still, you know, it's just, it's just weird. I agree with you 100%. Like I've seen those arguments and like, I know a lot of this stems from like ignorance alone, but at the same time, we're at a point where there's so many people who have the right information and we just we're choosing ignorance. Like this is why I will forever say ignorance is a choice because you literally have to choose that shit. Like with all the information from reputable sources, from people who work in the fields that you're asking these questions about and you still act as though, oh no, I know better than you. How? Like (laughs) what the fuck? Like the, the, the fact like it really bothers me with the because uh, we're going to end up talking about this in more detail soon about bi erasure, but within black spaces, because I've had to have this argument uh, before, and this was actually during um, the protests after George um, George Floyd's death, mm-hmm. uh, where I was in a Facebook group, um, and I'm thinking that it's all about supporting the black community, regardless of what your gender identity is, what um, your sexuality is. I'm thinking this is a truly pro-black um platform that i'm joining and it was by um uh, from a friend um uh, from um high school well, i can't say a friend but we know knew each other back in high school so okay. um there was this situation um that was going on where uh, you remember when tony mcday passed away well when he was murdered by the police um mm-hmm. and this is a trans man trans black man and um so there was uh, a point where people was just like uh trans lives matter as well and then you have well black trans lives matter and then i seeing in this group me uh not group me this group where people take a picture from a protest with that 
uh, image of a sign that says that. And uh, under the comments, they're talking about all Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, do y'all not see how you're all lives mattering this situation? Like, right. we, we right. step out and say that the reason why we have to say Black Lives Matter is because on a on the spectrum of things, we do not. And yeah. you yeah. erase that value of that statement by saying all lives matter. And here we are doing the same thing for those people who are in the trans community. But within that uh, argument, I was like, but it makes sense. Like you all are literally all lives mattering this message. Like you're not right. taking the time to understand what's going on. And then there was this black man who was like, um, well, um, no, actually it was the friend, the, the person from high school first. Uh, mm -hmm. She's like, well, uh, I don't see why we have to support the queer community, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, because queer people are black, like black right. people can be queer. And then right. somebody was like, well, you all have more privileges than we do. Y'all are closer to whiteness. I was like, bitch, where? Yeah. Bitch, where the that fuck come from? Right. Where? <laughs> right. Left field on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, excuse you. Do you not know how often queer people are disrespected within the black community? Right. Like I've been called nigger by white people and faggot by white people. And I've also yeah. been called those same things by black people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's nothing to say that, um, <laughs> like we're not closer to whiteness we still are oppressed around here people right like, we're all right. living the same struggle people see my color of my skin first before they see the, anything about who the fuck i'm sleeping with yeah first and foremost right that is still the issue but when it comes to the intersectional identities we're still being oppressed within our own community look at right. what we're doing here you just literally othered me within an argument about black lives and how they're right. supposed to be important. So you're telling me my life is more important when there's literally queer people being murdered by people within our same community are other people within our community murdering, you right. know, queer people just for coming out. Right. So right. <laughs> we, right. there's a reason why people are DL. There's a reason why people choose not to tell other people what they do sexually because they're afraid of being murdered. Right. By the right. people that they care about. So right. This stuff happens. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it always bothers me. And then to say that because a person is dating somebody who's of a, a different race, they are not pro-Black. How does that make sense? Right. How, how, question. how does me dating somebody change the fact that I'm Black? Right. What One. privileges do I get? Right. Right. Yeah. Because it's like at the end of the day, that's still your identity, right? It's like nothing about your identity changes uh, regardless. And it's like, I think we've, we understand in other contexts time and time again, that our proximity to whiteness or our proximity to other races doesn't change who we are. It's like, we can look at, uh, what is it? There's that episode of Fresh Prince. Um, and, or maybe I'm, I might be misthinking, but it, it, I feel like it might be, um, an episode of Fresh Prince where uh, Carlton experiences racism and it's like, mm -hmm. why would they treat me that way? And he, maybe he thought his proximity to whiteness, you know, would change how people see him because he's a black guy who acted a certain way or, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, associated with certain people. So it's like, we can, Ooh. sorry. <laughs> um, so it's like we can we can understand that in in that context, right? Where it's like, oh, of course, Carlton wouldn't be treated any differently. He's still black in a white environment, like he's still black. But then when we start thinking about relationships, for some reason, we 
kind of suspend our, I don't, I, I don't want to say suspend our disbelief. That's the wrong phrase, but we kind of like change up a little bit. We kind mm-hmm. of like start thinking about it differently where we're like, Oh, their proximity to whiteness or their proximity to another race is going to, you know, afford them other privileges that I don't have because I have a black partner. And it, and I, it's like, I, like, I get it. Right. Like mm-hmm. two black people makes the situation a little bit more dangerous, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I stop being black. That just means my situation changes, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think people also forget that regardless of what the community label is, be it anime community, um, queer community, whatever, when you go across racial lines, that racism is still there. It's just that right. you just happen to be a part of a, a subsect of a different community based off of your identity. That's the only thing that's different. That skin tone will still be there. Right. Like, <laughs> even when it comes to colorism, at the end of the day, these people still know, oh, that's a that's a Black person that's in that position. We're not going right. to really treat them as better than other people. We're right. just at least having that facade that, oh, at least their skin tone is acceptable because they're not that Negro. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's crazy stuff, man. I, I, I just I just don't understand it. It's annoying. I, I, I yeah. hope we do get to a point where we do have this family reunion and what? like have these conversations. Of course, some blows might be um, passed away because, you know, <laughs> motherfuckers need to get punched <laughs> in the jaw. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to say that I'm an advocate for violence, but sometimes violence do solve problems. I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen it happen. And at times when you tell somebody something repeatedly over and over and over again, and it's just, and you change the message, you change the right. messenger, you even go to the uh, somebody that they trust the most. Sometimes you just have to slap some sense into some people, just a little tap, a little love tap, that's all. Nobody's saying that you need to beat their ass and have, leave them bloody. No, just a little love tap. That's all. Just like wake up. That's all. Wake them up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it happens at family reunions, okay, y'all. Whoever wants to judge and be like, oh my God, Vernon's violent, blah, 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 blah. No, no. Look, we all have different um experiences of violence. We all have different people in our families that we've experienced who had to get violent. And you was like, you know what? That was somewhat justified. That's all what's happening here. That's all. It's, it's justified. <laughs> we ain't killing nobody. We ain't murdering people. We're just laying a, a holy hand of togetherness and uplift and learning. That's all. It's a love tap. <laughs> can, oh. we, can we take like five seconds? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Let me get him to calm down. So I don't want to interrupt everything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was like, let me go ahead and mute because he started fussing. I was like, yeah. Here, buddy. Here, buddy. Uh, okay, pacifier. There we go. All right, let's see. So, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. You're good. We love, we love babies. <laughs> Are you ready to get started back up? Uh, yes. Yep. All right. So, on that note, the other the other thing um, that I did want to uh, touch base on before I do end this episode is by erasure. Um, talked a little bit about it uh, within my little rant, as well as in your uh, rant about uh, how people just you know like, oh, I'm by, oh, that means you're gay, but right. <laughs> that's not right. the case. So, what what was your experience like uh, as it pertains to by erasure? 
So uh, again, having only come out like a year ago, it's been kind of limited. Um, and outside of the sense of like, again, uh, you know, witnessing other people kind of engage in that kind of uh, conversation um, and that type of dialogue of like, it's it's been a lot of fighting back against that um, as a as a person who was closeted for so long mm-hmm. um, of being like, well, I don't think that's necessarily how things are or i don't think i think you're misunderstanding things or i I, my my first you know my first instinct is to be as diplomatic as possible when it comes to those types of situations even though like you said sometimes that's not the best (laughs) way to handle things but um so luckily i exist in a community or uh you know within a group that has been relatively accepting um most of any of that erasure i encounter is is online uh, you know again mostly people who aren't able to recognize that sexuality isn't just a, a binary um and that it doesn't and that yeah people don't just hit a switch and they're like okay you know what oh i've i like sucked a dick once that means that's the only thing i'll ever do again for the rest of my life like you know um <laughs> or with women like the other way around you know but which is a, a totally separate conversation i know uh just because i think we allow women to be bisexual and to experience that range of sexuality but generally from a men's from a man's perspective it tends to be as a way to exploit that in some mm-hmm. shape form or fashion they're like okay you know what i love it if my if my woman's into uh, you know other women because that means i get to have a threesome and it's like that's a that's its own weird conversation but yeah. with with men in particular yeah it just it just becomes a lot of like yeah if if you've ever even thought about a man or or, or ever had a crush on another guy yeah that that's it for you um there's no or, turning back Right. There's no turning back or, you know, um, well, yeah, no, I, yeah, there's just a lot of that. I think that's, that's really most of what I've seen. Um, and most of what I've experienced is, is that line of, of conversation within the community. Um, you know, uh, and outside of the community, like I said, I'm, I'm just really grateful to exist in a, in a community of, of people that, that really does support and are really interested in, you know, making sure everybody feels seen. So, um, so there hasn't been too much vitriol in that way. I'm outside of that, you know. That is wonderful. Uh, I I will say, well, at least in terms of like my social media and whatnot, because I do, I've learned to curate for real, for real. Um, In terms of who you do want to allow access to your information, your personal life and things like that. Right now, I don't be on social media as much as I used to anyways, but still, (laughs) it's good to still have those people that even if you do check in on social media, you're not feeling bashed for the most part. Um, And like, I would say even yesterday I actually experienced some bi erasure. Um, oh, really? This was someone who uh, identified as straight uh, and been trying to hook up with me for like the last uh, couple months or whatever. And for me, if a person flakes on me, I'm just done with them. <laughs> I'm right. just extremely right. done. But um, I was like, whatever. Uh, if you actually do, do show up, then we can possibly hook up. I don't care whatever but um when they got to my apartment um they he, he kept calling me gay and whatnot i was like but dude i'm not gay i'm bi right. as fuck and right. um he was like man that won't exist i was like what what do you mean so you yeah. telling me like within that mindset you coming over here identifying as straight and uh wanting to have sex with me a man what does that make you 
if right. bisexual does not exist um now right. there is this thing you know heteroflexible um what have you but at the same time you're here so right. are you going right. to take a moment to reevaluate what um you um what your identity is in terms of sexuality or you're just going to continue to live a, uh, a life of just oh whatever like it's your ignorance yeah <laughs> it's it's okay yeah. to e- uh, educate yourself on different perspectives different lived experiences and to deny the existence of somebody solely because you don't understand it does not make sense that's just pure ignorance right um and it's right. like I, I i don't get like I, I agree with you when it comes to the difference in how it is portrayed towards um women versus men like you if you are a woman you do have that though women are uh oppressed a lot in terms of how they express uh how they yes. can express themselves sexually because you yes. cannot be sexually free and be a woman right but at the right. same time women are given that grace to be uh explore yeah. uh, explorative with their sexuality so long as it's with another woman <laughs> not right. multiple men right. Uh, right and then for men of course you have that freedom to fuck as many women as you as you want but if you dare to explore sex with another man you're automatically gay right well okay so okay i'm, I'm glad we're here so what's been interesting to me too i was having a conversation or i don't know if i was having this conversation or if i was witnessing this conversation as it was taking place but um and it may have been on twitter somebody was talking about uh, speaking of threesomes um they're like oh you know you and your homeboy will go and run like quote unquote run a train on somebody but you don't consider that as like having a sexual experience with your homeboy. Like both of you guys are like legitimately engaged in a sexual act together with another person, but you're not considering that to be like any, like, like it doesn't change who you are or it doesn't move you on the spectrum at all, or it doesn't like, it doesn't do any. So I thought that was, that was interesting too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I think, I think there are certain instances where men allow themselves to exist in a sexual space with other men, but then they still view it like with blinders on where it's like, okay, this is still a, a strictly heterosexual experience because I'm having sex with this woman. And it's like, no, dude, like your other dude is there having sex too. Mm. And like, that's something that you're doing like with them. And that's, you know, that again, I, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I, it's weird how we put our, we put our blinders on for stuff like that or how they put their blinders on for stuff like that you know exactly like Um, that entire encounter is considered a sexual experience it's not oh i just came and now it's over no if it's still ongoing it's it's your sexual experience until you fucking leave but while it's ongoing fam you're having sex with other people it might just be you're penetrating one person but you're having sex with other individuals in that room right. or engaged in a sexual encounter like right. i'm not going to say just because you're doing that you're gay or you're queer or you're bi no, right. you can still be heterosexual but you still have sex with men present and that's right. fine that is okay but it, it's just so weird yeah, yeah, it's like I've I've heard of men who are comfortable with doing something like that, but are not comfortable with having a threesome with another man that's in the room. And I'm like, but yeah. isn't that essentially the same it's thing? The same thing. 
It's just. (laughs) (laughs) But it's the same thing. What are you talking about? There's you don't have to engage with that other person in terms of like tickling his balls, sucking his dick and anything like that. You really don't have to do that. But if you you so choose, then go with the flow. Like for me, I cannot be within uh, an environment where uh, a train is being ran if I'm not going to be engaged with the other people in the damn room, too. Because it's like we all here there's sexual energy here and i want to explore everybody that's here like what's the fuck right. what's up let's do some right. shit <laughs> if you can't move between cars you're if you can't move between cars of that train you're not interested <laughs> exactly exactly like we are here for some whole shit in the whole we just unlocked a new feature motherfuckers right. i unlocked right. some shit and i'm trying to utilize these perks before it runs out right Right. This is a limited time upgrade for 30 minutes. I'm, I'm trying to use this. I paid for this shit. You know, we, you know when you play these games, you like buy that one little perk and you know right. you only right. have a certain amount right. of time to use it. I'm trying right. to use this shit. Let me use my motherfucking up. perk. That's... A power up, yes. Oh no. <laughs> Crazy. You know, this this episode but, title but... is literally going to be Negroids with power ups. That's what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fair fair yeah yeah man <laughs> no but i but i agree with you it's like why enter into the room that you're about with people be open like that and then or, or engaging with with everybody what you want is a uh, you know a heterosexual like encounter you know what you should probably do is go have a heterosexual encounter mm. and have sex with the person that you believe is your opposite sex and and, and have that be it but if, if that's not what you're looking for then be open to the possibility that what you're about to do or what you're doing at that point in time isn't really you know straight in the way that you um and yeah yeah but yeah and then i did want to i did want to do my, my support for what you said about like being able to exist freely you know and and, and sexually etc and be able to express themselves sexually correct about that and i hope I misconstrued what i was saying about you know uh, um, about how men perceive bisexuality and women uh, being allowed to be bisexual in that way because it's you're right you're very much correct about that about the fact that women generally speaking um across the world even you know aren't allowed to express themselves you know and their sexuality in the same way that that men are and then when they are and they are allowed to explore that um you know men take advantage of that and it's, it's mm. problematic but yeah i didn't want to and I, I think um just to even go off of that uh, another thing is to uh remember that women do perpetuate these things too because yeah. I've seen like oh the episode Insecure when Odu uh, mentioned to Molly and Molly was my favorite character in Insecure um, really? I, I forgot Odu's name though but when he mentioned that oh yeah back in college or back in high school I did like fool around with the dude and he was like I didn't like it but it happened and that is the thing that ruined their relationship is because she became yeah. uncomfortable assumed that he's gay and all these other stuff and not allow him to have that freedom to express himself sexually like these okay. kind of things happen like I even had to have a conversation this was Instagram and I told myself I'm going to stop having these arguments with people on the internet but I'm a fan of uh, Chica and I don't listen to all of her music, but I love everything that she does. And she has such <laughs> a very vibrant spirit. I just love this woman. But yeah. when she was like, um, I think the tweet was something about Black women. You have to, We have to like come to a conclusion that 
um, bisexual men are okay. Like there, yeah. there's nothing wrong with dating a bisexual man. And somebody was under the comments, loud and wrong, Lord, <laughs> talking about, oh, if my husband ever do anything like that, well, she she was um, engaged, or she's engaged to a man. Uh, okay. She was like, if he ever does anything like that, then our engagement is over. And I was like, why not? Why ruin your engagement just because he had sex with the dude once? Like, there's right. no reason right. to do that. Like, let your man be him. It doesn't make him less of a man because he had sex with another man. Right, right. at all. Yeah, and, and it's such a... What's that like? People have been popularizing that that meme where uh, from for colored girls. I, I think it's from for colored girls, the the yep. Tyler Perry version, where it's like, oh, so you're doing the bending? Like mm-hmm. it's like like stuff like that, right? Where it's like, okay, dude, like again, like you just said, it doesn't change who that person is just because they may have quote unquote done the bending. Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like you know, uh, like they're still you love them, are you? person that you fell in love with is still you know um it's still masculine if, if that's who they are um mm-hmm. you know uh it, it doesn't it doesn't change anything about that person but but i don't know i hope i really do hope we we kind of liberate ourselves from the idea that or from from homophobia really more so than anything else mm-hmm. and you know there's a whole conversation in there about you know well and i'll, I'll how deep do you want to get into this because i was <laughs> The only thing, because I I can do a whole damn episode just about that damn for color girl scenes, and, and I might even just do something on on Instagram today. But the only thing is, we are running out of time on this, okay. <laughs> this episode, okay. so okay. we can't go on this deep. Yeah. But yeah, okay, I'll leave it. This might be the first part two episode of the damn podcast because <laughs> it needs to be talked about. So let's do that. Let's do that because I know we had another episode lined up, um, but we're yeah. going to do a part two of this. So we're going to uh, put a pin in okay. that as well as bring back this for color girls situation because we got to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Insane. But uh, I have one never have I ever. Uh, well, we could do two. One or two. We'll do that in the episode, and then we're doing this part two. So you, you noted what you were, where, you, where you wanted to go on that? Huh? I said, have you um, noted where you wanted to go in terms of this conversation? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. If if you bring up the for color girl scene, then I, I, I can remember it again. It'll, All right. Bet. Good. Bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, never have I ever tried tantric sex. Oh, I would raise my hand here, uh, or put down a finger. Oh, so you have? No, no, I have not. Oh, you have not? Oh, gotcha, (laughs) gotcha. Uh, I haven't either. Do do you know what tantric sex is? So, my only, like, knowledge of it, uh, stems from the fact that that the, one of the Barney performers used to be, uh, became a tantric sex person, like a tantric sex, like guide after he stopped performing. Um, so that's about as much knowledge as I have of. <laughs> I, I think I'm still learning more about it. Um, um, tantra and tantric sex and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and what I gather is that it's a lot about energy and the, uh, like exchange of energy between you and your partner and whatnot. Okay. Um, 
I think it's supposed to be something with intimacy as well. But my only thing is when it comes to like even the program I'm in to learn these new things about sexuality and uh, Tantra and everything, I have to remember <laughs> where I'm getting this information from. Like who's my original, my, the, my source of information. Yeah, right. And oftentimes it's Eurocentric and this. Yeah is not yeah. a Eurocentric thing, a Eurocentric concept. Yeah. So I'm using that for the base knowledge, but I'm planning on going further by uh, educating myself in terms of like cultural significance within like yeah. India and whatnot. But from my yeah. understanding, it's a lot about it, um, the energy that we exchange during sexual acts, as well as non-physical sexual acts. Right, right. Okay, well that's interesting. No, I no, I I need to do my own research too. I, I like I said, I'm too much about it. But that sounds that sounds interesting and sounds like it could be fun and uh, for for everybody involved. You know, right? I, I, I need to find somebody who's like a Reiki specialist because I'm trying to do some shit. Like fuck around my <laughs> fuck around fuck me with my energies, bitch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm okay. I just want to see what this is about. <laughs> right, right, right. Just want to know. Like you could yeah. you could heal my chakras um today too while you add it, but I just need to see what this energetic sex is about. Right, right. <laughs> anyways, I want to uh, let that be the last part of this show. Uh so do you have any last words that you would like to share with the audience? Um well, no, I if well, what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, I think you made a really good point, Vernon, about uh you know, if if you are in or in a space where like you are potentially subject to harm if you were to come out or to like truly be yourself, know that there are people and communities that will be accepting of you and that do care about you and are interested in seeing you live uh, your life to the fullest and seeing you uh, express like the totality of who you are and come into yourself. Um, and you know. Uh, it, things may seem rough right now, or the spaces that you may seem, uh, spaces that you exist in may seem rough right now. But know that there there are greener pastures, um, you know, and there are of course pastures that may seem greener, but aren't. But ultimately, there are communities that that are willing and ready for your presence. And so I hope anybody who finds themselves in that type of situation is able to, you know, plan an exit strategy and then work their way outwards and um, and find a space where they 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 belong and where they can truly, you know, be themselves. Um, and if you're looking for somebody to talk to, you can always hit me up, um, you know, um, Instagram or, or Twitter at, at Go Home Ryan. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not always the best at conversation, but I can always point you into, into uh, some resources. So, you know, that way you can you can find what you're looking for. Amen. That is a beautiful message. Also, I always loved your uh, handle. <laughs> by the way because oh, you. you know it's it's from sister sisters it's it's just it, it hits it hits that the horde so it's always been a love um <laughs> so on that note you all well first thank you so much ryan for coming on to the podcast i greatly yeah. appreciate you um yeah, thank you for having me for the listeners, thank you all so much for listening to the Holy Liquid Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful, you are worthy of happiness and joy, you are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.